Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I am Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, the supernatural power of joy to break suicidal thoughts, addressing the father-mother wound wounds that ministers past have carried throughout their ministries, and what would you tell your 20-year-old self? To conclude Season 2 of the Fire Podcast, it's time for the Unfiltered Roundtable, a discussion where nothing is off-limits and vulnerability is welcomed. On this episode, former guests Andres Brisuela, Justin Allen, and Vince Kinnegrage gather around the table to answer your questions and share deep truths of who Jesus has been to them. This is part three of that conversation, so if you missed parts one or two, uh, you'll want to jump back to episodes 28 and 29 to make sure you're all caught up. Uh, we got into some uh, intense topics there, shared some God encounters, and uh, I'm sure it'll bless you. We've had some amazing testimonies so far, uh, so please keep the testimonies coming. If you have a testimony, you can DM uh, me on Instagram at encounter fire or you can email me at uh, it's info at fire movement.com um, also if this uh, podcast has blessed you or if our ministry has blessed you would you consider giving a one-time or monthly gift you can do so by going to firemovement.com slash support once again that's firemovement.com slash support and there you can give a one-time or monthly gift uh, and that just helps us expand what we're doing, reach more people. Also, please share this, uh, you know, like our content, share it, uh, post on social media, text it to your friends, write a letter to your grandma, whatever you need to do, uh, but get the word out there because there's people that need to hear this podcast that this will actually impact their life. So thank you guys for all you do, uh, for all your support. It means a lot, uh, to me, it means a lot to my wife and, uh, Thank you. Just thank you. Um, we've seen so much love in this last season of our life. Uh, well, without further to, further ado, um, we are going to have a quick sponsor segment and then jump into part three of my conversation with Andres Brisuela, Justin Allen, and Vince Kinnegrage. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. 
past. Andres, uh, something you said there, I think leads into um, one of the things that I felt like we were supposed to talk about on this. Um, you said that you had fear of man in the name of honor. Ooh, mm. Oh boy. And I think that that will lead us, that leads us into this, this piece really, really well. Um, and it actually goes pretty closely with the, like, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Yeah. Because there is, I think it is important for everyone to go and serve somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. before you ever get to your vision or the things God's shown you, a lot yeah. of times it's wrapped yeah. up in, will you True. humble yourself, serve someone else's vision? Um, and sometimes it's not even about like you are, you, you are serving their vision, but it's really not about their vision. It's actually about the forming that's happening in you in that. Um, but something the Lord's been like talking to me about, and I'm kind of processing, and I think you guys will help me process this is this idea. Like, you know, the, the, the Bible says that you humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and in due time you will be exalted. Um, but a lot of people end up humbling themselves under the hand of a leader, under the hand of their apostle, their pastor, their uh, mentor, whatever it is. They end up humbling themselves under the hand of their leader, and they never get exalted. Uh, they never get promoted. Um, and because of that, they end up resenting God. Yeah. Um, and and that, that's a pretty common thing in the church, is like people who serve and serve and serve and serve. And then the, they end up having to leave a lot of the time. Sometimes it's, it's just a God thing anyways, but sometimes they have to leave in order for God to exalt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in that place, they're actually being held down by the hand of a leader. Mm-hmm. They, and so I think it's really important. Um, and I just want to discuss this, but there's something, there's something to being able to, uh, especially in your 20s, but just in general, be where the Lord has you mm-hmm. because that's being under his hand. Mm-hmm that's the place where he can promote you. And sometimes that is a hostile environment. Sometimes yeah. it is a place that you're not honored mm-hmm. or you're treated badly. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, and you can be in submission, but not be humbled under their hand, but under God's hand. Mm-hmm. Cause it's about God. And it's not about man or man's system or any of these things. Yeah. Does that like stir up anything in you guys? Yeah. yeah. I would also, um, I would I would do it both ways. It's not just like you're humbling yourself under the hand of a leader, but a leader can also promote you before it's due time. Mm. Yeah, true. <clears throat> That's good. Um, yeah, because I've seen both of that, both of those things transpire in my own life. Yeah, mm. and both of those situations have caused literal hell in my life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Like whether it's relationally, whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically, whatever it is, like it's caused hell and I've actually um, spun out into some confusion swirls mm-hmm. and depression swirls because I didn't recognize that I was surrendering to this idea of honor mm-hmm. yeah, rather than true kingdom honor. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I I do want to start by saying um, I don't have words to describe the gratitude in my heart for the leaders God has placed. Um, I I knew nothing of the kingdom or of God when I got saved. I, I grew up in, a, in being Catholic, never knew in the Lord. Um, so I have nothing but gratitude. However, um, I think that 
sometimes we want to fit in or we you know in my case it was it was a problem of I came with so much innocence and I see a culture of a church that is hmm. uh, radically Im- impacting the world through a system of discipleship um, and unfortunately I think it's human nature that many times we fall into uh, approval by action rather than approval by value of mm. what Jesus paid for somebody and um, it creates mm. a temptation in new believers of I need to perform in order to be accepted wow. therefore I want to be the best I can be to what they expect of me mm. and um, what happened with me was that I and I you know how do you know that you have the fear of man okay so if somebody has a problem with you does your whole day get wrecked Right. Is your heart controlled by the opinion of a person mm. or by the opinion of Christ? Right. And wow. I think that really Jesus. allows you to start <laughs> understanding where your heart is, you know. Um, Jesus loved his spiritual leaders. You know, he loved mm. the leaders of the time. But the opinion of the Pharisees never affected who he was. Mm. And so, um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not calling leaders Pharisees. What I am saying is... From the point of authority, mm-hmm. even his parents, when his parents got mad at him, he said, hey, I'm just doing the will of the father. Mm. And I think in our case, at least what happened with me for a season is that um, whatever, however my leader was feeling about me, it defined my identity. Mm. And it really put me in a place that was dangerous because um, I don't think I ever fell into a place of 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 wanting to become like them and discipling other people in that, in that same way but I definitely did want to please yeah. because of my, my love for them and I started mistaking love for uh, um, uh, you know let me just imitate everything that they do hmm. the Bible says imitate me as I imitate Christ I need to imitate the Christ likeness in them mm-hmm. not the personality in that's them good. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, that's good that's really good wow. I cannot become the personality of my leader yeah, yeah. because then I'm also losing my personality which wow. Jesus oh, paid on, for yeah. and I've come to understand that if I truly also and I, I've seen this from my, my you know my spiritual father every person that falls into um, admiring him incorrectly is also the first person to backstab him it's mm, true. That's wow. so good. You know? My God, man. The, the idolatry. Say that again. Say that again for, yeah. yeah. Every person that admires them, admires them incorrectly is the first, is the first yeah. Judas. It's, it's, the, it's the sucking up spirit, you know, to yeah. say it in my language. But, yeah. Say it again, um, man. Say it again. No, seriously, say it again. Yeah. Let's, let's expound that. And as a leader, because le- I'm also a leader in my church, and as a leader... Um, it feels good to be idolized mm. because it makes you feel like you're doing your job. Like you, I'm impacting people. Look how grateful they are mm-hmm. for me. And I've, I've, I have a discussion with, with the people I disciple because they, we have a culture of armor bearing and serving. Uh, serving is, is a beautiful thing. I, I, I pray that I will always serve first. Um, but sometimes I stop people from serving me and they get upset because they want to honor me. But I also got to protect my heart because I'm human. And if everybody around me is always serving me, what will protect my heart from so allowing them to idolize me and me actually accepting them? Mm-hmm. And the glory can only go to Jesus, not to me. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, and this might be controversial, I stop the people around me from serving me, not because I don't want to bless them in their service to me, 
but because I'm also protecting my heart. And mm -hmm. as leaders, we need to be careful because we allow people to serve us in the name of teaching them something, but we also don't protect our hearts good, from man. allowing idolatry towards us. Wow. And idolatry wow. will destroy the people that wow. we're trying to disciple. Wow. So good. Wow. And um, hmm. that that a fear of, fear of man is the entry port to idolatry, I think, is one of them. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't think any great leader desires for people to fear them. But unfortunately, insecurities will say will 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 not go confront the fear of men and the people that you're leading, mm -hmm. because it's a safe place that they won't. You feel like they're not going to attack you because they fear you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow. But in reality, <laughs> Jezebel manifested that later. Yeah. Uh, uh, Leviathan will ma manifest through that later. Uh, um, I've I've had great leaders in my life, both spiritual father or mentors, um, that. The people that would suck up to them in, in, in a level that I never felt peace with were the first one to smack them in the face yeah, yeah. when they did something wrong. Mm. Yeah. And the people that saw them for who they were, the good and the bad, and would honor them from a pure point, not from a let me manipulate my way through a system to get what I want, mm. are, the, are the best lovers yeah. of our leaders. That's so good. And, 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 and that's another thing that, that unfortunately sometimes... I think this is a different topic, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Sometimes um, we learn the systems and the weaknesses and we start playing them because we know yeah. it gets us promotions. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. You know? Wow. And, and I just want to tell you this. The fear of the man will quench the Holy Spirit inside yeah. of you. Huh. And I think that will stop him from allowing the fear of man. I don't want any fear of man in my heart mm -hmm. because that also means less Jesus in my heart. Hmm. Mm. I can't pay that price. Mm. I'm not willing to pay that price of losing fire. Mm. You know, we go, we do conferences for the fire of the Holy Ghost to come mm. upon us and transform us, and then we go ahead and throw away that fire by idolatry. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, yeah. yeah so I want to draw out two points and then just real short. Um, one thing you said there, I it's it, the. I think it's it's wise for anyone, whether you're a leader or not, to yeah. recognize when somebody comes in your life. And recognize the difference between flattery and honor. Yeah. 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 Because so, people will, and actually this happens with prophetic too. People will use the prophetic to gain a place in your life. And yeah. like you said, yeah. the, way, the way you said that is so profound. Really I've just good. never heard that said. Yeah. Even though it's like, that's just, it seems obvious. Yeah. But it's like, wow, I've never Brilliant. thought about that. Um, they are the first ones to backstab you. They mm -hmm. are the first ones to turn against yeah. you. Yeah. And especially on the prophetic side of it, kind of that Jezebelic thing, yeah. Yeah. where it'll be like, I'll prophesy <laughs> over you, tell you how wonderful you are. The second yeah. you deny me access, I'm mm -hmm. going to prophesy against you, tell yeah. everyone how awful you are. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is, uh, as a leader, um, it, you can recognize if you built a culture of the feared man by the fact that everyone around you always says yes to whatever you say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the most dangerous. I've seen that be the downfall of great mm -hmm. leaders is having a yes, a yes man wow. culture and not having like, uh, for some reason we think unity and, and being together, even following a leader means we always agree. Yeah. And like as a leader, I've always valued the people that question me Yeah, and not in the way of just like question to be a rebellion. Right? Yeah, yeah. But like, question like wait why are we doing that yeah like what was god said about this because it makes me step back and be like hey am i actually listening to god on this or is this just a good idea is mm. this just something i came up with i want people to challenge me because i want you need that it's the iron sharpening yeah. iron that's so important and i've watched leaders fall to 
everyone just saying yes because then every opinion they have is seen as kingdom as god as holy mm-hmm. spirit we make them gods yeah and man we gotta be careful with that mm. like we really do um something you said i i the fear of man also it it um man i don't know how to articulate this and i hope the holy spirit helps me but um the fear of man will place your heart in a place where you will consistently compromise the truth mm-hmm. you know it, it it's just it's just not it's I, I i it the religion spirit the jezebel spirit and the fear of man are things that i'm i hate because it destroys identities all three of them yeah. wow. they all destroy identity wow. and um if you have the fear of man towards your leader you will never serve them well like ryan said you know you, you just won't you just you'll become a yes man yeah yeah and and and, and a yes man is is I, I, I've been studying um, revival history, and I think we have a question on that. And a lot of great leaders fell because they were surrounded by yes men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just surrounded by by people that were more concerned with uh, being accepted consistently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they never wanted to say the wrong thing because that just meant indifference. Mm-hmm. And and and, I'm, and you know, I think as leaders, I include myself in this. I think I've I, 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 I've made this mistake. Uh, that will play the indifference game when somebody doesn't agree with us, um, mm. and that that's that's demonic. Yeah, you know yeah. it's it, it's um. I I cannot use my influence over your life to get you to do what I always want. Mm. Jesus does not control me. Yeah, it's oh, wow. good. He's not a Lord that forces me to do things. He still gives me an option. Yeah. Now I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I give him, I, I make him my Lord and my ruler. But like, I, you know, and I, I hope this doesn't get taken out of context, but his love always allows us free will. He never yeah. violates that. He if I become a leader where I remove the free will of the people, I'm becoming just a Satan mm-hmm. that, that so just manipulates people and controls them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, I think this conversation is to expose the, the balance of both sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and no one is perfect. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that if you're somebody that loves your leader and your leader has certain weaknesses, you just have to be willing to stand for the truth. And God will give you more favor and grace with them. Mm-hmm. The moment I got rid of the fear of man in my heart and I just started speaking truth and I started putting God first and I did not allow that to corrupt me and I started saying no. If you always say yes to your leader... And it compromises your family. It compromises your relationship with God. Trust me, you have the fear of the man. Wow. And yeah. the moment I was willing to look bad in front of my leader, but but be good with the Lord, yeah. I received more favor and grace. Mm. You know? Mm. It doesn't mean I pleased everybody. <laughs> wow. But there was a favor and grace that nobody can question. Mm-hmm. Rather, when I fell into the fear of man, it was a manufactured favor and grace. Mm. Yeah. And I had to sustain it through sucking up. Yeah. Wow. wow. You know? <laughs> And, and it's just not good. It, it quenches yeah. your fire. Yeah. There's uh, two stories that come to mind <clears throat> that are that are in the Bible, and uh, one of the stories is uh, after the f- flood with Noah, post flood, uh, Noah's found naked and uncovered in his tent, and that implies that he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing, and he was caught. And uh, there were uh, it was one of his sons that decided, hey. I'm going to run to tell my yeah. other brothers about what dad just did. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that was he just cut a covenant with the God of creation yeah. and saved mankind. So he had quickly forgotten that the only reason that he was alive because that man 
uh, interceded on his behalf and built yeah. a boat um, that saved his butt, essentially. And you see, he ran to tell his brothers, and it says that the other two brothers, they went and they wouldn't even look upon their father in his shame, but they walked backwards to him with a blanket and they covered him. Yeah. And one time the Lord told me, this is a picture of the new covenant, that love covers a multitude of sins, that the accuser wants to run and propagate what you've done from the rooftops, but the covenant that he just cut actually extended you know, humanity's existence. Yeah. So there's something powerful there, and you see that love covering sin. But then you also go to the story of Samuel. Who, the, the boy prophet, right? None of his words fell to the ground. He's, he's in Eli's place and, and the Lord wakes him up. And the first word that Samuel gets is to rebuke Eli because Hophni and Phinehas have been treating the sacrifices of the Lord mm-hmm. um, like they're, they're common and unholy. And, mm-hmm. and the Lord actually sends rebuke. So we have two very different examples, right? And you could say in leadership, okay, well, well Noah's caught, you know, red-handed, like he should have been accused. And then also, what's the difference? And I think... The difference is the condition of the heart. Yeah. I think the, the difference is what has the Holy Spirit said to me? Mm. You know, because many times we're, we're very dogmatic when we, we approach scriptures or we, we read them through a lens and we say, well, I, I presume or I assume. Those are two very dangerous things. Uh, that I, I presume it means this or I assume. And uh, there's an old saying that goes with that that I won't repeat. Uh, but but uh, you, you don't want to do that. You need to always take every instance and say, Holy Spirit, what am I to do in this instance? Um, and and any time that I, I assume or presume to know the will of God, I'm, I'm normally um, somewhere in error. Now, now I, I will say this, that I've had amazing leaders and I've had awful leaders. Um, and scripture is very clear that I'm to honor them all, yeah. you know, but honor looks different in every context. And I can say I've been, a, I've legitimately been abused and mishandled and treated very poorly by leaders. And then I've been treated very well when yeah. I didn't deserve yeah. it also. And, and one of the things that I've learned about myself in these situations, cause I'm always asking myself, like, what can I learn about me in these situations? Cause it's never about everybody else. It's always about what's God, what is God doing in you? And, uh, for me, many times the, the Lord was, was teaching me about where am I finding my identity? And, and, and I would compromise. Yeah. Compromise is, a, is, a, is an, a, the word that I want to use. I would compromise my identity and who I actually was to please man because I had the fear of man. So in other words, I would tone down Justin so I could be more like this person yeah. because in essence they were my source or my access point mm. or whatever. And the moment that I did that, um, I lost a little bit of value. I lost a little bit of authority. Yeah. And as I would begin to get healed up, I started to recognize that none of the leaders, good or bad, were ever my problem. It was always me yep. and how I was, whether I was choosing to come in this place of communion and intimacy and walk through the veil that had been torn uh, by the blood and body of Jesus so I could have access to him. And th- these things are important and like what does honor look like and how do we identify abuse? But uh, I think one of the 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 stark realities is there's never a cookie cutter answer. It is always the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. Yeah. And he'll say, this is the way walk in it and different seasons of our life. It's so weird because there've been seasons in my life where I was being treated unjustly. People were sinning against me and the Lord told me to stay and he was building character and long suffering and endurance and, and, and teaching me, you know, like, like all of the love chapter, love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. It does all these things. And, and then there are other seasons where the same thing and the Lord said, get out. Mm. 
Walk away. Shake the mm-hmm. dust off of your clothes. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me how that happens? And I, I think that it, it really has to do with the condition of my heart and whether I have passed mm-hmm. the test. Yeah. And there are no um, optional tests in the kingdom. You, you have the option to take it as many times as you want to until you pass <laughs> it, but you don't get to avoid it. You know. And many times yeah. we circle the mountain a thousand times. And he's like, if you just ascend it, you come down and move on to the next thing. And you don't have to spend 40 years in the desert. You can actually pass this well. And mm-hmm. I think the older we get, the wiser we get. And the more that he becomes our source, yeah, all yeah. of those other old systems, they, they grow dim and ineffectual. And, mm-hmm. and we realize we get away from religion and we get into legitimate relationship. And, yeah. and, and it's so good. It doesn't mean the systems are bad, but when I'm whole and I'm one with him, um, I represent him better. So um, it's, it's just, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's a, it's a growing relationship that I have with the subject. Yeah, you know, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. You know, it's different than I was twenty or when I was in my teens. I was in my twenties. Now that I'm, now that I'm thirty-five, and I have all the stuff that I prayed for in my twenties. So it's one thing to think you could do something with it. It's another thing to have it at your disposal, and you're like, dear God, all these leaders that I thought were like really picking on me, they were just trying to do the best that they could. Yeah, they weren't even thinking about me. Yeah, I was so consumed with me yeah. that all I could see was, well, they don't, they don't recognize me. They, they mm-hmm. don't know how anointed I am. Yeah. And now that I am in charge of some of that stuff, I realize. They were never even thinking about me. <laughs> I was, yeah. you know, I was the problem the whole time. Imagine yeah. that. But yeah. it doesn't mean that, that the wrongs and the sins and the oughts against you are not. That it doesn't mean that they don't matter. It just means that greater is He that's in you than He Come that's on. in the world. Yeah, yeah. And when you lock into that, um, then you can shine in the on the mountaintops and in the valleys, and and you know you overcome in every season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel I discern that there's people listening that. Um, this might be there might be a culture where a lot of people are kind of like sucking up and and have the fear of man and just want to say the right thing to get promoted and you're kind of afraid that if you don't follow that you'll never be noticed or because you're not following a pattern you you might be rejected and never put in your purpose god is the owner of your purpose that's right come on if he's truly your source if you truly depend on him it doesn't matter where you are, mm-hmm. trust me mm-hmm. that the Lord will be the one to promote. Yeah. And um, if your promotion comes manufactured, you will always have to manufacture to sustain it. If your promotion comes from the Lord, a nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, I am a witness. I am. Yeah. I have seen this. That when you depend on God, nothing can stop it. It's good. God says, comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't be, don't be afraid of that. You know, trust the Lord. So good. Yeah, I uh, I think it resonate with a lot of it because, like, you know, I alluded to it earlier, but like, I came into Bible college, that whole culture. I mm. I uh, got mentored by this guy that was, you know, one of the crazies, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his spiritual father and uh, my spiritual grandparents, I, I would call them. Um, they were mentored by like the likes of like Rodney Howard Brown and mm. some of these other guys. And, um, I, I was mentored in an armor bearer type culture. And I think, I think that there, uh, <laughs> I think that there is, um, there's a validity to the revelation around an armor bearer. Definitely. Right? Like valid. It's great. It's needed. Intercessors, all that. Like, 
needed. I think that we've had a little bit of a um, a tendency to hone in on people that carry father wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I carried a father wound Mm -hmm. and it affected me deeply Mm -hmm. because it uh, misrepresented the kingdom concept of honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, because I, I kept walking around yeah. like, you know, carrying the armor, so to speak, wow. all these men and women of God that mm. would come through, you know, week after week in this tiny little church. And years later, I realized, wow, like there was like a tangible anointing there. But like when I look at the Gospels and I look at Jesus and how he empowered the disciples, he always released them mm-hmm. yeah. into greater things. Yeah. And I didn't see that. Wow, where I was at. Hmm. Oof. Right. Um, and it's like I think. Uh, and and let me let me say this. Like I think that there was a time for this. That like I think that what what I I realize about church history is that there's times and seasons mm-hmm. where uh, God releases a divine revelation that actually brings uh, brings the church forward in something that's really unique. Of the kingdom displayed on the earth, mm. heaven come to earth, yeah. and I think oftentimes we stop at that initial revelation and then try to replicate it before it's fully manifested. Mm. And I think that um, right now what we're what we're running into is, and this gets into a whole another side topic. We probably don't want to go there, but I want to say this: mm. what I'm realizing is that. We've had a lot of these really uh, divine, charismatic expressions of principles like armor bearing, Mm. uh, prophecy, all this kind of stuff. But we've not tapped into uh, the health of the heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As portrayed or as represented by uh, the the filter of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, We we usually look at it from a perspective of how our dad raised us, how... Mm. Our mentors raised us, how our teachers raised us. Nothing wrong with all of that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it has to be through the lens of Jesus. Yeah. Man, I I feel something burning. I kind of want to say this. So one thing that you tapped into uh, when, when you were speaking was profound. You talk about father wounds. And we've been if you've been in ministry for 10 minutes, you're going to realize pretty quickly <laughs> that everything comes down to my mom and my dad hurt me and I haven't dealt with it yet. <laughs> And it sounds funny, but it's true. That's that's mm-hmm. boil everybody everywhere down to something. So a lot of times in charismatic circles, the the verbiage, uh, the language, the vernacular uh, of spiritual fathers or mothers, what we actually mean is that person's really anointed, and I want what they have. Mm-hmm. So if I approach that as an orphan, I will never be satisfied. There's yeah. a black hole in my heart. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is Daddy. Do you see me, Mama? Mm-hmm. Do you see mm-hmm. me? And the reality is, we gravitate towards. I call it the bastard spirit because the orphan spirit doesn't do the trick anymore. Mm. So basically mm. in the world right now is we have orphans trying to dictate to the world what a father looks like when they've never seen one. Mm. So I don't know what your relationships were like with your father. I was blessed to have an amazing relationship with an amazing father. I have never questioned one day of my life whether I was loved. My dad was always present for the things that mattered. And one thing that I realized mm. that I never valued that when I was younger Till I hit my mid-20s, maybe early 30s, I started to realize 
I am at an, at an advantage in every single situation that I walk into because I had a healthy father. Yeah. And when I look at the charismatic predicament that we find ourselves in, and I, guys, I've been front row and center to the greatest leaders, I mean, the greatest leaders of our hour. Mm-hmm. And, and I love them and I value them. But what I began to see in a lot of places was these people are deeply anointed. They also still carry father wounds. Wow. Yeah. And just because you're anointed doesn't mean you are a father. You, you know, you can grow past that. Uh, but we, again, we have to focus on, okay, maybe you didn't have an earthly father, but finding that from another human will never satisfy yeah. the need yeah. that you have in your yeah. I've had the best fathers and mothers. I, I could call some of these people that you would think, oh, you want that. And I can tell you that I've been to the top and it's amazing and it serves a purpose, but it will never fulfill the ache or the cry of a father um, the way that it will do either in the natural or God can fulfill that role, but no man ever will. And I could tell you names that you know. And I could see, man, that, that person was deeply wounded, like mm-hmm. very broken and never got past it. Yeah. So I could just tell you, save you some trouble. Chasing a spiritual father ain't going to fix it. Ooh. You can find it in the face of Jesus and you can find it in the actual heart of the <clears throat> father, but it's not going to be found anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I have the, even my dad's amazing, but, but he's not as good as God. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And something that I wanted to add is <clears throat> for the leaders, hmm. we we will fall into the same mistake if we don't deal with our insecurities. Well, yeah. Um, I, I, I've kind of come to realize that an insecurity are the things that when I come to the mirror of Jesus Christ, I just don't want to look at that part. No, I don't want to wow. deal with that. I want to bring it to him. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to be a leader, I think it's time that we become responsible leaders. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to help other people, it's not good intentions is not enough. I had a That's mentor. Right. Um, uh, Pastor Brian, I had a mentor for a while that he would always tell me, a good heart is not enough. Yeah, it, there needs to bear fruit, you know. And and what that really means is, I can have a good heart and say, hey, I want to go to missions and I want to serve people, and I want to lead, I want to disciple. But if I'm not being responsible with my own heart mm-hmm. and my own inner healing, uh, like Justin was saying, my own wholeness it can only come from God. Then I'm gonna disciple somebody yeah. into an amazing image of who I am rather than Christ Mm -hmm. so I'm in a season where I have a disciple that I'm helping that this kid was so bold but it was it was it was a little too radical because he would kind of cross line with certain in certain situations and most people told me you need to correct him you need to correct him you need to put him in his place he's crossing certain lines but what the Holy Spirit told me is how can you love him to become mature in that area without losing the innocence of his boldness? That's wow. good. Because a lot of people will grab these bold young evangelists or, or just young kids that have this crazy innocence in them, mm-hmm. but because they're maybe crossing lines with leaders that they're just immaturity is not wickedness, they correct them so hard that that person loses their confidence and then they become this insecure person from that moment on. And the Holy Spirit has been leading me to like, hey, yeah, we have to work with them to mature him but not correct them to put him in a place where he loses the innocence mm. and the purity of his boldness. Mm. So we need to make sure that we are secure in Christ before we lead others, because if not, we're just going to mislead him. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the King Saul's, right? Mm. With David. So a good, a good leader will manage you. A good father will love you. Come on. And, and we approach everything almost in, within the church. Oh, I need to manage that. I need to manage their gift calling. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, from a practical brass tacks bottom line, I got to make sure that there's no collateral with what they're doing. 
Love does not approach it that way. Love approaches it like you said. It's like, who are they? And, you know, it will raise a child up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. It's identifying the gift, call, and anointing so that you can raise them in the God-given direction of their life. And it requires love, intentionality, and consistency. I can manage from a distance. I can manage and be sterile. I can manage and not be invested in the the interworkings of your life. I cannot father you and not be present. I cannot father you and love you. Even when it hurts, you know, there's... They're there, mm. and I think that's that's something. Love is the key element in it. Mm. I remember uh, Jasmine Tate. Like, you know, we went through a hard season, and you know, a lot of stuff. I was, I'd realized like the stuff that happened to us, but I didn't deal with it in me. Mm. And what I, what she said to me, and she's like, Ryan, like you've dealt with. You're not. You're no longer wounded in this than the fact that you're like walking around hurt. Like you let God repair your heart. But you haven't let Holy Spirit deal with those things that are in you from being under that. Wow. Like you haven't dealt with, uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, I'm not going to be like my parents. And then they, yeah. time goes on and they become exactly like their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same way. Like a lot, of our, a lot of the leaders that we've seen that are good people that start doing dumb things or hurt people, yeah. it's because that's how the leaders were with them. And if you really get into their story, that's how the leaders that they came up under were mm-hmm. and in yeah. those times they swore they would never you know be exactly. like that leader but then they start doing it almost accidentally because mm-hmm. they've never worked that through with holy spirit and i remember jasmine said to me it was like a it was a perfect warning but she's like there's a, there's the young ryan's that god's going to bring you and you're going to do the exact same things mm-hmm. to them if you don't go through with holy spirit why were these things wrong what are the things that yeah. the things that i've i've taken on that i don't even realize it Man. And we went, it's that initiated a season of Holy Spirit being like, reminding me of stuff that I didn't even want to think about. And like, even, even things that I didn't realize were, were over the years, not, and it wasn't just from one set of leaders. It was like across my Christian walk mm. and even things with my, you know, growing up family and all that, like bringing up moments that I didn't even re- remember until God brought them up again. And he's like, this happened. This mm. was abuse. Yeah. And like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was abused. Holy Spirit, why is that abuse? Explain this to me and mm. explain it to me and deal yeah. with it in my heart. And then me realizing like things that even um, I thought were actually good leadership, you know, that I would have replicated. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit's like, this is wrong. This is in my heart. And I'm like, wait, why is that not your heart? And you mm-hmm. explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, and then I'm going to close this out probably with one more question. Um, you were talking about the leaders walking around wounded. Uh, my wife is reading Daughter of Destiny, the story of Catherine Coleman. It's the only biography that she approved yeah. to be written about her life. And um, it goes through everything. So it's like she's in her childhood. So as my wife's reading it, she's like telling me these stories and they're just crazy. Because um, she she had a great dad and mm-hmm. she always would talk about that. She's like, "There's, I never questioned whether I was loved by my dad. And she adored her father. Um, but her mom was abusive. Yeah. And um, her mom, like one of the stories, just to give you an idea, uh, her mom, when she was eight years old, there's this whole thing. I'm probably going to mess up the story a little bit. But basically, back then, doing laundry was a bigger process. Yeah. There was a lot of scrubbing, you know, washboards, all that kind of stuff. And Monday was the day that her mom always did laundry. And she also, her mom was one of these people that she would not allow anybody to see her unless she was like perfect, perfect makeup, perfect clothes, everything like that. Um, so Monday's that day every week and, but 
Monday, this coming Monday was her mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. She's eight years old. She's super excited. So she goes around town and tells all the women in the town, like, hey, it's my mom's birthday. We're having this party. Come over, bring a cake. Yeah. And so they, uh, all these people end up showing up. And her mom is so embarrassed because all these people are coming. Mm-hmm. She's sweaty. She's doing laundry. They bring a million cakes. I think they end up with like 20 cakes or something. And because uh, every single one brought a cake. <laughs> and um, after the people left, her mom took her in the basement and beat her. And I think it's, she said something like she, for the next two weeks, she, they had tons of cake to eat, but she would always eat it standing up because she couldn't sit down. And, um, and just thinking about that eight year old little girl, she desperately wants her mom's attention and wants to show her mom love, wants to celebrate her mom. And the response is that, um, is, is beating her and mm-hmm. punishing her for it. That didn't leave Catherine. And that's what's crazy is like she knew she was loved by God. Um, but one of the things that ended up happening is every time every time she administered, she'd call her mom afterwards and talk to her mom for several hours wow. after every meeting. Wow. And it was always just to be like to tell I her do mom that. Yeah, to tell wow. her mom all the wonderful oh things wow. in hopes that her mom would acknowledge it. Wow. Because she desperately just want her mom to, to say, I'm proud of you, I love you, this is awesome. And uh, and then what ha- started happening? It actually started hurting her ministry because then uh, apparently the operators were listening into the calls. And one of the things she would share is like there are this many people. The offering was this. Like all the stuff excited. Like hoping her mom would get excited with her. And they started using that, giving it to the news media. News yeah. would use it against her and stuff. And it really hurt her ministry. Mm. But it all came from a mother wound yeah. that wasn't dealt with. That long term kept hurting her ministry. Mm. Um, it's just, it's just incredible how, how real that stuff is. And it, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be your physical parents, though most of the time mm-hmm. it is. But it's just like this stuff that happens um, from people that we, uh, we talked about this off, off outside of the recording. But a lot of times there's, there's people who speak into your life and, you know, they can be some of the, whether it's family or like spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're wrong, it can be one of the most painful things mm-hmm. because you're already open to them. Yeah. Your walls are down yeah. with them mm-hmm. to receive, and when they come at you with an accusation, and and it's not out of love and yeah. it's demonically driven, even if they're great people, that stuff happens where yeah. they say something mm-hmm. and it can wound you so bad yeah. if you don't take that to Jesus and allow Holy Spirit to do the work and mm-hmm. deal with trauma and all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll get past the the pain most likely, but yeah. it'll still be there. It will, yeah. and it'll be something that you'll work on. Um, so here's, here's what I want to kind of end on for the, you know, there's the people, it's really easy to think that God or, or to quote unquote, hear God tell you to leave somewhere because you don't like the process. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a very real thing. A lot yeah. of people mm-hmm. get in that. I, f- I felt led yeah, to yeah. do this. I felt yeah, led yeah. to do the that. Season's over. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no. And then they just go somewhere else, go through the, exactly what you said. Like yeah. they go around the mountain again, they same test over again. Cause they wouldn't stick so, through yeah. Now, for the people who God actually is speaking to mm-hmm. currently, that they're listening, he's speaking to them, he's saying, hey, it's time to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times there's fear of man, and there's that, or he disguises honor, yeah. disguises wisdom, disguises whatever, that's saying, like, oh, well, I'm going to stay longer. Um, you know, one of the things we talked about off air is the people that um, 
notable people we know and look up to who when they had moves that God told them to do and people in their life in authority in their life mm-hmm. you know, mentors spiritual fathers spiritual mothers actually said you're not hearing God yeah and they were mm-hmm. um, so that's a very real thing um, what would you guys say to somebody who's in that situation they know God's saying it's time for a transition mm-hmm. yeah, I'm moving you on um, yeah how would you encourage them? I, I would uh, challenge you to look in Scripture and find out who's going to be standing beside you when you answer to God for your mm-hmm. life. Wow. Um, yeah. And there will be no one. Your, your spouse won't be standing next to you. Your children yeah. won't be standing next to you. Your ministry partners, your donors, your, you know, your intercessors, they won't be standing next to you. You will stand alone before God um, for wow. the things that you do in this earth. And you will give an account for every idle word spoken and... And I live every single day of my life with that reality. Um, so when you live with an awareness that every decision carries that weight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if every word that we speak we're going to give an account of, I mean, my God, guys, I'm a little <laughs> nervous about that. But but there's this thing. I, it was uh, I've heard Bill Johnson speak of this multiple times. Uh, major key points in his life, they'd got conflicting prophetic words from seasoned prophets. It was 50-50. And he's like, you know what we learned in that that moment? We had to hear God for ourselves. Yeah. And and that's really just the thing. So I, I would say from my experience that I've had both. I've had where it was unjust and God told me to stay. And then I've had where God said leave. Uh, one thing that I've recognized that my heart is something I'll always give an account for before the Lord. So whether it's justified, sometimes if we've endured hardship for a long period of time, it can feel like, a, oh, I'm finally getting out of this thing and we can, you know, like I'm washing my hands of this, you know, to heck with them or whatever. You can't have that heart. What I've realized when God has done a genuine work in my own heart and he, and he says, okay, it's time to leave, that I actually have grieved. I've grieved because I knew that, that it wasn't maybe going to work out in the way that I thought in the timeline. And it broke my heart. I wasn't super happy about it. And the Lord dealt with it, but in a different way. And... The other thing that I have recognized, too, is many times the Lord will say, okay, it's time for you to go. And you're the way, if you've carried yourself well in that season, your life will actually convict those who've treated you poorly. And your decision under the submission to the will of the Lord to step out of that will actually bring a greater commission, uh, conviction because they realize, uh-oh, we've messed up. And I've had people, when the Lord has told me to go, say, no, well, we're sorry, we will fix this. And I'm like... Okay, I accept your apology. However, the Lord had told me to do this. I'm not leaving because you hurt me. I'm leaving because the Lord led me. And if you can live your life like that, I'm telling you there is great authority. But um, you must listen to the voice of the Lord. You must recognize that you will give an account to Him for what you do. And that drives everything. And I don't want to stay a day longer than I need to in something. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to leave a day earlier than I should have. Um, because you, you want to stay with the cloud. I don't want to be ahead of it. I don't want to be behind it. I want to stay in the shade, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that would be my advice. There's a lot of, you know, ways you could dissect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, I've been, things I've travailed over, because you, you, you pray and you contend and you're like, Lord, this is unjust, but when you love people, love suffers long, right? So, but then sometimes the Lord says, move on, and you just have to trust Him. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think for me, if if you're truly in that place where God is moving you on, um, I think the common thing is like, 
the internal conflict of whether or not this is actually God. Mm. And I think that if you're tuning in and hearing something that's mm. out of the norm or out of the ordinary, um, and you're submitting to that or you're surrendering to that um, in his presence, I think you might get really clear. Mm. You know, uh, I'm, uh, again, I'm going back to the goodness of God. Like, he's, he's so big, so mighty, so strong, that if you are moving into a red light territory, mm. like, he's going he's gonna to show up. Like you have to believe that he's going to show up. Yeah. Right? Same same thing if he's moving you on. You have to believe that he's showing up. Um so my my thing goes back to like intimacy, right? Like getting around uh, a culture, uh, a a posture, uh whatever it is of of just like I'm clinging to the rock no matter where I'm going, no matter what I'm doing. Mm. And it's predicated by um, my history of God. So I would, I would challenge you to just recall the works of the Lord in your life and surround yourself from that perspective. Like, this is what God has done. I think Psalm 9 actually talks about this. Um, just just um, telling of his wonders, telling of his miracles, it's surrounding your intellect. It's surrounding your heart. It's surrounding your spirit. It's surrounding your ethos. Because um, if there aren't, pe- if there are conflicting views around you, or if there are people that are trying to hold you back from something that God has put on your heart, then the best way to get uh, a peace of mind, or clarity, or a sound mind is to recount, recollect everything that He's already done in your life what he has spoken in your life and surrender from that posture and he'll make it really clear. It's good. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they both explained it really well. What I do want to help you a little bit in confidence is this. If, and this is a big if, if you are fully and deeply surrendered onto the Lord, where you are consistently just seeking him and his will. You you have no agenda in your heart. You want what he wants. He is a very good father to stop you from doing something that he doesn't want you to do. Yeah. Or a very good father to push you into a, a direction yeah. that he wants you to go. When when you have that vulnerability with him, where you're kind of like, God, change whatever you got to change in me. Align my opinion to you. Lead me where you want me to go. Like, you are consistently living this type of prayer life yeah. and, and you mean it it's not fake it's not vain repetition it's actually your heart's cry he, he, he steps in he's, he's not he's not indifferent mm-hmm. wow you know there's a story that's coming up in my own life and I feel like this is probably something going on um, but I remember when we first uh, my wife and I we first moved to Seattle I was working a uh, <laughs> I was working at a kinder care I was working as a pre-K teacher um, just because I liked kids and I wanted to hang out and, you know, I had to, I had to work somewhere. Uh, so I found the first job that I could find. It was a kinder care and um, I was making about 16 bucks an hour living in Seattle, <laughs> which is unheard of. And my wife didn't work, right? Um, and I was there because 
I knew that the Lord had led me there. I knew that the Lord was in it. And I had felt that the whole way, right? So I had stepped out. I got this job. And I worked there for about five months, I think it was. And all of a sudden, I have um, this dream where, like, God specifically, like, showed me everything that was going on at at the, the school. Um, and part of the dream was that, you know, it was, like, falling apart. Um, and I woke up, and I was like, I don't know what that means, like, whatever. And so I just kind of tabled it. And a week goes by, and God starts convicting me. He starts like challenging me to step out in realms of faith that I hadn't tasted mm. before. Uh, meaning, you know, I needed this income mm. because I didn't know how we were going to live. Um, and I didn't have a job lined up or anything like that. And I had this dream a week before. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I, I remember I was um, standing outside on my break and God had spoken to me. He said, um, Vince, you keep waiting for me to bring something into your lap about a job when I'm just asking you to step out. Mm-hmm. Nothing lined up, right? And this has happened multiple times, like again, part of that recalling. But um, I went right right after he told me that, I went to my boss and I told her like, hey, I, I got to put my two weeks in. That same day, I actually got an interview for um, the current job that I'm at. Mm. Wow. And it paid everything to the T, wow. benefits, all of that kind of stuff wow. to the T of what I had asked the Lord for. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so I just, I, I want to I share that because like, I think it's so crucial to like, like it didn't make any sense mm-hmm. from a logical perspective. It didn't make any sense. And I think there are some people that you're drawn to that level of faith. Yeah. And you have to just believe that, like, even if you do fall flat on your face, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. Because God will yeah. still redeem it. So and he'll good. teach you through it. Down. He'll teach you of his nearness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to trust in that. Mm-hmm. I, I want to add one more thing in there, because that, that sparked a thought on me. And, you know, I think in our personal walk with the Lord, the responsibility is everything that we are entrusted to steward the will of God. And when you take into consideration counsel or mentorship or whatever, a lot of times people just want the best for you, Mm -hmm. but they're not living from the place of faith for you. Yes. They're living from a place of percentages and odds and this, that and the other. And I was kind of going through this and a lot of times, you know, they just don't want you to fail. So Mm -hmm. like they're not on the faith, you know, like what God's asking you to do almost never makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I wrote this thing down and, and I said, there's, there's safety in a multitude of counselors there's also confusion in a multitude of commentators. Mm. Knowing the difference will save your life. Yeah. And there's a select few people in your life that God has assigned to counsel you. And they shift. When seasons shift, circle yes. shifts. Yeah. That's good. And there's a lot of people that will uh, volunteer yeah. their unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you are not obligated to listen to that. And that goes for the prophetic as well. Yeah. And I think if I would have learned that early on in life, I would be doing better off. Because I just, this season of my life, I've had a ton of prophetic words i'm using quotation fingers for those uh, uh, listening on the podcast and i'm not saying uh that there hasn't been some merit of weight to them however 
If I'm not asking for the word sometimes and I'm the Lord has not told me to seek counsel from other people and I'm supposed to listen to him, mm-hmm. then I would be in disobedience to let a prophetic word drive my life when his voice is the mm-hmm. thing that should oh, be. That's Come good. That's you good. Know, and yeah. I think that as a person who values the prophetic and has literally made life altering decisions, um, I say that you also will stand before you can't say, Well, I got this prophetic word because mm-hmm. you say yeah. you have my you know, you have my Just spirit in you and you can on. hear my, my voice. So yeah. Yeah. That is something to consider. Come on. That's so good. That's one of the things, I, I, as you guys are talking, mm-hmm. I was right now, I'm like thinking back to some of my, my transitions and stuff. And like that piece is actually what drove me in my last transition mm-hmm. was the idea I have to stand before King Jesus wow. and give account. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying, well, so-and-so told me, yep. you know, or whatever like that's just not gonna fly mm. and and but there's there's a couple pieces of this i think you can i think you can run it through your heart because that's actually the fear of the lord yeah like that's the yeah. fear of the lord to say like yep. i i recognize i'm gonna stand before jesus if i disobey this but also like i recognize i'm gonna stand before jesus if i'm doing this and it's not mm-hmm. supposed to happen yeah. um and so i think if you yeah. recognize and everyone can take account in their own heart with holy spirit and like be if you can be honest with yourself you can figure out Am I in the fear of the Lord? Like, do I actually recognize the weight of, of my decisions? Mm-hmm. Is there bitterness in me? Mm-hmm. Am yeah, I bitter? That's really good. Am Come I bitter on. or offended? Yeah. Because so what, one of the things I found is like, there were seasons where I had bitterness and offense that I really like felt like the Lord was telling me to leave, Yeah. you know, but I refused to leave mm-hmm. or to accept that word yeah. in a place of bitterness and offense. Yeah. And then what I realized is once I worked through the bitterness and offense with Holy Spirit, he wasn't speaking that. Come on, and I was hearing my bitterness and offense. Yes. Wow, um, and it was you know I actually got to the the best place and not in every transition, but at least this last one, I got in the place where I didn't want to leave, and I was like in it. Yeah, and that's when God's like, okay, leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then the the third thing would be is there obligation? Mm-hmm. Like, are you staying out of obligation? Mm-hmm. Um, which that's is really good. real, and we that's experienced that. Yeah. yeah, we experienced that this weekend where like. We were supposed to be somewhere, yeah. and we all kind of realized like it feels like there's obligation on this. Like it's more of like we feel obligated to be there than like this is a God thing, yeah. and we actually felt God on some other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so making that pivot, we could have out of and it really is kind of fear of man. Like that's ultimately yeah. what obligation that's what it was. is. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you can give into that, and we would have missed out on everything. Uh, yeah, everything, everything yeah. that happened this this weekend has been absolutely transformative. Um, and that's that's the case a lot of times is people say have obligation and call it honor, call it all these mm-hmm. different things. And it's like, it's, it's actually more, and th- this is a, a key, it's actually more detrimental, not just for you, but for everyone. them, yeah. for everyone yeah. involved, yeah. because mm-hmm. you're sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we got to lean into the goodness of God. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think as leaders we fall into, and, and this goes both ways, but like, Holy Spirit's really good. And we get in this place where yeah, we feel like yeah. their mm. their destiny is tied to what we're doing. Yep. And like if they leave and in the same way you flip it, it's like a lot of times that is when you talked about the doubt, Vince, like, um, you know, that's a lot of times what's playing in people's heads is like, if I do this, is it going to ruin my destiny? Mm-hmm. Like, am I miss out on what God has for me yep. because I make this decision? And it's like, if you go through the fear of the Lord, do I have bitterness or offense? And is this our obligation? If you can, if you can come out on the positive side of each of those yeah. and, and feel like, okay, God actually is having me do this. Yeah. Like, like you said, even if you fell on your face, mm-hmm. even if, you know, 
the the hunger and just loving the Lord and being close to Him is going to recover so much, mm-hmm. and your destiny is is so much different than what you think it is. It's not, and His mm-hmm. focus is not your destiny. His focus is your nearness to Him. Yeah. Yes, and so it's like as long as He's near, like Jesus is our destiny. Come yeah. on, like He is the point. Yeah, he's the point of the whole story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, like if we're close to Him, we're winning. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. And then the last piece is prophecy. Like I think, um, you know giving almost counterbalance to the fact that like you you probably will get prophecies both ways yeah um but being able to really recognize uh, the 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 size of the decision determines like the weight of the prophecies yeah. a lot of times and the amount of the prophecies and i found i really like personally have learned to learn i have learned to lean into the lord in those seasons when i know i have a big decision mm-hmm. and i'm like god i really need you to speak to me mm-hmm. and I, he's really good Mm-hmm. Like he really is good yeah, yeah. and he he goes out of his way to confirm to you and not just the people that like you tell your friends yeah. kind of what you want and then they come yeah. back to you with a word that's exactly what you want yeah. but like you know people you real know, confirmation real confirmations yeah. people that don't know you people yeah. people call you up who you haven't talked to in a while yep. and God begins to speak in ways that you can hear mm-hmm. because you're leaning in and you're and it's, it's part of that fear of the Lord thing like if you actually have fear of the Lord you're leaning in and it, you're actually putting a uh, you're pulling on heaven you're putting a demand on heaven yeah. mm-hmm. to speak and give you give you a word that releases the grace to do this wow. yeah um, and I think I think that's really key yeah so good yeah um, do you guys have anything else that you feel like you want to share, bring up before we? No, I would just say, hey, I honor all you guys. Same publicly. Yeah, you know, so good. This is this is rich. Yeah, and um, well, I guess the last thing, man, like uh, for Andreas, like, dude. Um, when you were talking about the author or the leadership side of things, like there's just such a purity there. Mm. And I highly recommend that leaders would pull on what Andreas was going after mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. The honor and the, all of that. Like there's something to that that I believe that he's doing in the earth amongst leaders right mm-hmm. now. Specifically with the, the new leaders that are rising up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was a very unique um, articulation of what he is doing right now. And I think it's only it's only going to be expounded. So I would just highly challenge that um, in any anyone that's listening, that's an aspiring leader or that's just even trying to lead, you know, the, the group of three uh, at your coffee shop or whatever it is. Hmm. Um, pull on what Andreas really, really hit on there. That's a, that's the one thing that I, I'm I'm pulling up here. That's really good. So good. Actually, you just you just I, I feel like I need to emphasize this too with the leadership thing, is like, people God will transition people and people will transition themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that stuff will happen, and there's something like that purity of leadership. And I think this is is part of like what God is really trying to raise up, and the reason He has pulled. There's a lot of leaders. I think more so than people realize that God's pulled out of leadership mm. and is working on them in the caves mm-hmm. and there's going to be all these emerging voices that it's like where did these people come from yeah. and that's happening I mean that's been prophesied over and over again and I think it's stuff like this that re- like realizing you're not Holy Spirit and, and he's really good at his job like he's yeah. actually a really good shepherd so yeah. even if even if it's them moving themselves it's better to be in the place to love honor mm-hmm. bless them 
pray yeah. for them yeah. and not in a Christian witchcrafty way where mm-hmm. you're praying your will over mm-hmm. them. That's or another wa- podcast. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> or wanting them to get disciplined by God oh, yeah. because they're doing something. Like, I, I've watched people make decisions that I know is not, it's not God. And then there's other times it's my opinion, but there's been the times I know it's not God. And it's better for me, both, uh, both for my heart and keeping my heart pure. Yeah. Um, but also for, and it's better for them that I just, I bless them yeah. and, and trust Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's actually control and manipulation to be in That's the good. place. Like one of the things that God really highlighted with me is even with people I, I would lead or, or whatnot, or I'd watch other people's lives and I would recognize what they're doing wrong and the frustration in me. Yep. One day, Holy Spirit was like, that frustration is control. Yep. Mm. That's good, man. It wasn't, I wasn't overtly controlling anyone, but yeah. in my heart, the frustration was Just coming up was there. towards what they were yeah. doing yeah. constantly. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, a godly sorrow. It yeah. wasn't a, oh man, that I really, I feel. I hate the path that they're going to have yeah. to go through because of this. Because like, you can see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it was a frustration and it was a, a place in my heart where control was manifesting. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was scary to me. Yeah. And, wow. you know, once again, it wasn't outward, yeah, but it was in me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that in me. Yeah, for, I, I think that's the thing God's purifying. Well, mm-hmm. for me, when you say that same thing, I can relate on like a thousand levels. But then if I take it a step further, I say the reason I respond that way is because it's misapplied love. Mm. Because I was I was loving someone and I was rejected. It hurt my heart. Mm. So because I was hurt, I get frustrated. Mm. You know, that it wasn't reciprocated. Mm. And then you go down. But like like you said, it is control. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom is never, ever, 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 ever control. Yeah. That's super good. Yeah. And then a lot of times we want to wash our hands of them. Like that's what happens yeah. in yeah. churches over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and circles, friendship circles and mm-hmm. stuff. Somebody makes a decision that other people don't agree with. And it's yeah. just, it feels godly to write okay. them off. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, it's not that you even have to stay in contact with them or anything yeah. like that. But it's like, we cut people off in our hearts yep. in a really weird way. Yeah. I don't even know how to articulate that well, but it happens over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it's just not the heart of God where yeah. we could actually bless like bless people mm-hmm. and trust that God, like you're really good. Even if they have to go through hardship or whatever, yeah. you've got them. Yeah. 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 Like you're going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Wow. This is all, um, really deep. So would love to, um, maybe just have somebody just pray over the audience. Um, yeah. Just the crickets in the background as we all awkwardly <laughs> look at each other. Well, I'll pray, man. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm um, so, Jesus, we just ask for peace. Um, that anyone listening yeah. to the sound of my voice right now mm. would just submit and mm. surrender to peace in yeah. the person of Jesus. Mm. Jesus, you are the perfect leader. And you are near to all of us. You are within all of us. And we just say, come. Mm -hmm. Make it so clear to the hearts of the listeners what it is that's coming up Mm -hmm. that's bubbling to the surface right now. And let it be dealt with here and now. Let there be no uh, collateral damage. Mm but that there would actually be collateral healing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that would flow forth. Yeah. 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 And we just bless you. Yeah. Bless you, Jesus. And Lord, we just release um, the shalom of God, the peace of God that violently destroys chaos. Yeah. 
And we just speak to every place in your life that there is chaos. And we release the peace of God uh, to violently remove it and establish the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for healing soul trauma. <laughs> Lord, that, that was received through uh, a myriad of different means. God, we just thank you um, for, uh, for a, a finishing season where things that have been opened and accounts that have been opened with other people and, and memories that are uh, unfinished business, Lord, that by your spirit you would come heal and seal and, and reveal you know, all, the, all the things that need to be seen <laughs> in the name of Jesus. This is kind of interesting. It's a word of knowledge, but um, I kept having this thing happen over and over again where I was like smelling a strong uh, chemical and then it was switched to smelling, this sounds funny, it switched to smelling uh, like beef stew. And I feel like, uh, I feel like there's somebody that is listening to this and you actually had like some kind of chemical thing that actually took away your sense of smell mm. um, you know, and, and it's affected your taste and there's something, something with that, with not being able to smell, not being able to taste. Um, and, uh, the Lord wants to heal that. So I just, I declare healing over you right now, whatever damage has been done to your, your, your smelling and, and to your taste, I command to be restored now in Jesus name, Holy spirit, Holy spirit, rest on them, rest on them, rest on them and restore them, restore them in Jesus name. Because Jesus is worthy. Because he paid for it. We love you, Jesus. Um, Lord, I just ask you, give the grace to every person listening, specifically those um, that do have pain in their hearts, to just come to you, Lord. That they can, with an open heart and, and a grace for vulnerability, just open their hearts to you, my God, and, and, and you will do what you know how to do best. You'll go into their hearts and just bring wholeness. Amen. Yeah. yeah, and I also, I just release encounters. For those who are who heard the, the encounters in this episode or in this, this conversation, heard the encounters who um, have been stirred to hunger, who want to see the eyes of Jesus, who want to be set free of the fear of man, um, Jesus, you are the encounter. <laughs> yeah. Like, just come and meet people. Mm-hmm. I, I ask for dreams. I ask for visions. I ask for uh, prophetic words. I ask for people to be called out. I, I ask for all the stuff, God. All the stuff. Just release it over the listeners, God. Yeah. That people, even years from now, that listen to this episode will experience uh, uh, experience dreams and visions and encounters with, with the person of Jesus the Holy Spirit will open the eyes of their understanding, open their hearts, open their ears to see Jesus more. Thank you, God. Ears open. Eyes be open. Heart be open. Even physical senses. I, God, I ask, I ask that physical senses be open to your presence. Not just to feel you, but to, to smell you, to, to see you. Thank you, Jesus. To hear your voice. To hear the songs you sing over people. To hear heavenly music. I ask for it all, God. Bless them. Bless the people listening. Let let your goodness be seen. 
Let them see your goodness, God. Let them see your goodness, Jesus. There's no one like you. Amen. Yeah, so thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for being part of this uh, roundtable. My pleasure, man. So good. It's been fun. I'm thankful. We need to do this more. Yeah. Um, Pick a new location, new Airbnb for the next one. Yeah. So uh, once again, if you if you haven't heard the conversations with each of these guys individually, they're deep wells, and we got just even a, a small scoop of that uh, of the well that they are in our previous conversations. So go and look up the episodes with each of their names if you haven't heard them. Go listen to them. Uh, also, please share this podcast. Share it on social media. Um, leave reviews if uh, if your podcast app has that option like Apple Podcasts leave a review it actually helps us come up uh, higher in the search uh, in the search bar and uh, also if if this podcast or this ministry has really impacted you uh, would you please consider uh, doing a one time or monthly gift go to firemovement.com slash support there you can choose one time or monthly um, and in all your gifts that basically help us to grow what we're doing and reach more people. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for your support. This has been the fire podcast.